Hello everyone, this is Inside the Tribe. We talk here about moving to another country, integration, challenges, fun and experiences while living in different culture. Today I have a surprise for you. We have a first male guest. His name is Luke. Hi Luke. Hi Amash. How are you today? I'm fantastic, thanks. I'm really curious to hear your story and to hear how was it for you to go around the world and what was your experience of countries, cultures, and how you see and feel that it's changed you. Could you tell us maybe first, the first motivation, the first this impulse that started your history of moves around the world? Yeah, I was born in Wales. My father's Irish, my mother's Italian. And I always had a sense of mobility, I think, from, from early age, although Where we grew up in, in South Wales, in, in a little uh, working class town, post-industrial era, a lot of uh, steelworks um, and the likes. Not uh, a lot of people went on holidays in those days. You know, you didn't go to places. There, there wasn't, you know, global airlines. And we, we very had, very much had a, an idyllic upbringing, you know, down the lakes in the fields and the canals with my two brothers and sisters. But... As I got towards the age of about oh, 16, 17, I started trying surfing uh, and venturing further afield, going down on holidays to Cornwall and, and West Wales. I just started getting the feeling that, you know, I had itchy feet um, and I wanted to go and travel. I got my first car and, and it's all started from there, really. And after I finished university, again, I was down near the coast in Plymouth. I just had a, a, a sense of venturing around the world. I went to Australia on holiday, South Africa. We went to Fiji. I went with my buddies on surfing safaris. I just loved meeting new people from different places. And, you know, I, I loved my hometown. I loved all the people in it. But I just had a, a hunger to, to find yeah. out more about the world and, and, and the people in it. And that I think that's where it started, you know, when uh, teenage years and then through university and, and this surfing thing that just got me outwardly focused beyond my own community. Yeah, it sounds for me the picture that you um, brought up with fields and playing. It's such a colorful picture for me. But I think in childhood and through our growing The world is expanding slowly, right? Before we have like a, our family and friends around and maybe cities. So it, the world is growing. As you said, at first you didn't go somewhere and then you travel more and then car and then it's really expanding and growing. Yeah. And I think that there was the advent of, you know, travel becoming cheaper facilitated this. I remember my father really went back to Ireland to see his family. He came from a big family because you know he didn't have the time he didn't have the money certainly even phone calls in those days were really expensive you know just to phone your family back at home you couldn't I remember dad oh I can't talk for too long because it's so expensive yeah and, and those days have totally disappeared and it shrunk the world essentially the, the cost of communication and, and the speed to travel has, has, has shrunk the world dramatically yeah. in the last well it's been 30 years and that's made a massive difference yeah. And it's basically enabled me to live the kind of life that I've lived over the last 30 years. I still remember my mom going to the um, post office to order the call to her parents. So you had to order and they need to connect you. So you have a, yeah. you have five minutes or something and you give all news in five minutes. How are you? <laughs> yeah, the, the phone call was a, a funny thing. You know, it was... Um, 
it reminds me of a story of my dad. We had a pub around the corner from our house. And as my sisters were growing up, they started to do more talking with their friends on the phone. And it, as I said, it was expensive, the telephone. And after seeing a few phone bills, my dad said, look, that's it. You know, it's only incoming calls. He, he said he had enough of paying these enormous bills for just talking. And he, he stopped the phone. Um, so we couldn't phone out. And dad would go around to the pub. There was a phone box in the pub. And he would go to the pub to, to speak to his family uh, back in Ireland. And a few years later, when this whole thing went away and prices went down and dad, you know, installed the phone again <laughs> to the happiness of the whole family, he stopped going to the pub for these phone calls. But he was in the pub one day and, and his friends were having a chat with him. And dad told the story about how he was coming to the pub to make these phone calls to his family at home. And they said, oh, Michael, um, Oh, I'm so glad you told us that. We thought you were having an affair and you were finding <laughs> someone illicit on the phone. That's why you weren't taking the phone calls at home. <laughs> and he laughed. He said, no, it's just because it was so expensive to make phone calls. He closed the phone off at home. Oh, that's a funny story of, uh, you know, outer world assumption, something. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember those, you know, pagers stuff started. And yeah, I, I think it's, it's um, very funny devices for current generation could you tell me what was the most exotic or weird or the peak experience which country brought you the most of i've had some great experiences all over the world everywhere i go there's something new something different uh, different people and, and and cultures and the usual things that everybody talks about for for me the adventure of my life was russia um, and the reason we know each other is through my wife She's Russian, you're Russian, uh, and, and we met up here uh, through serendipity and circumstances. And it, it was a wonderful experience. And I never imagined it would be so that, you know, I went to have a, a year's working assignment. I, I work in the IT industry. I'm, I'm one of these people who knows a little bit about IT systems <laughs> and, and getting value for companies. And I've been in that domain for 25 years now. Um, and I was offered a, a, a project. I was working with a company called Unilever and um, I was offered a project out in Russia. I'd been with Unilever for about seven years or something. I knew their systems and processes. I loved the culture of the company. It was so much fun and interest in the team of people I was working with. It was, it was you know, I was, I was almost embarrassed to get paid for it. It was so much fun. <laughs> And I finished up in Ireland and uh, the project manager said, hey, do you fancy Russia? And yeah, at the time, there was a lot of bombing. With the, It was the Chechens. It was something going on with the Chechens and they were yeah. bombing Moscow. And, and it was it was an awful time. And I really, you know, I spoke to my dad and, and, and family members. Like, should I should I go? Should I take this risk? You know, why would I want to go to Russia if, if all this is going on? And then I thought... Well, when would I ever go to Russia if I don't go now on an all expenses paid sort of party where I'm going to have so much fun with all of my colleagues and, and friends and, and, and yeah. doing the work that I loved? Why not? And, and it somehow, you know, the, the kind of bombing stopped and, and it all got quiet. And, and then I, I, I agreed. I go and do this year's contract. And I stayed for two weeks at a time. And the kinds of people I met, I never met people like this before, you know so so open and honest and down to earth and and light-hearted funny but there's a, a some something about a, i don't know a a, a, a seriousness a, you know a, a connection with the emotions that the russians have 
it's it's a beguiling uh i think winston churchill said something about the russians not smart enough to remember what it was but it's something to do with an enigma inside of a mystery inside of something else and i and i loved my nights out with the russian crew and um and i, and I met my wife there and, and i never thought that i would fall in love so deeply and and in such a a weird circumstance and and for me you know, Russia was just the, the adventure of my life. And, and, you know, I've got two children now with, with my Masha. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've been married now almost 10 years. And, and it's all through that that adventure of, of a lifetime going to see how, you know, this country is so different. You know, it's it been portrayed in such a way across the world, across the media, you know, you never know what to think of, of Russia and the Russian people. But I can tell you, I've never met such a, a wonderful bunch as, as, as the Russian people. No, uh, whatever so. people say about the government and whatever the media says, it's they, they're uh, they're fabulous. Oh, that's uh, nice to hear that um, your impressions. And um, I think what world shows also in the movies, you know, when they make these Russian characters, it gives absolutely uh, not the right flavor to people. Yeah, the caricatures, aren't they? The caricatures, yeah, the characters, yeah. Yeah, it's just so different, you know. The way people look over there as well, you know, the way people dress, the way people behave—it's it, just such a natural honesty about it. I, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed myself there. Living here also for many years here in Europe, I can see that for me, it's also one of my characters, you know, be direct, being open. But um, I mean, for a Russian one, it, it's like a gift, you know, I'm so think of an, another person and it's like a gift to another person being open and telling what I think, which in Europe sometimes seems like being rude <laughs> and not polite because you need to smile and say everything is perfect or something. But for us, it's like a giving a gift to the person and sharing the most honest things. Yeah. Yeah, there's no hidden agenda generally with the Russians. What you see is what you get. And they, they talk forcefully about their emotions. And, uh, and and that's a very different cultural outlook to, to Swiss, which is a nice segue into, you know, arriving in Switzerland. So different, the culture of the Swiss and, and the Russian. Yeah, I think so. How... Being in Russia and being married with a Russian person a long time, did it change you? Well, I can tell you, Mash, there's never a dull moment with my wife. I mean, we we, we always... <laughs> we, she, she she often says to me, um, look, if you wanted to marry a jellyfish, you should have married one of your country ladies. And I always say that to my friends. She's a, she's a barrel of laughs. She's a great character. She again, she tells it from the heart. You, you know, you know how she's feeling from her emotions. She doesn't hide anything. She can't hide it. It's great fun. Whereas in Europe, I, I'm like this. Just like many Europeans, we're sort of taught, sort of the British as well. We're taught have a stiff upper lip and 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 suffer a bit and tolerate and keep your mouth shut and wait for it to the storm to ride out and there's some you know it's very good advice all of that but sometimes you know you do have to let off steam or you go crackers and in a way that's the other part of the dynamic that we have yeah is that you know she brings she brings that to the table and we, we compliment each other in that way you also mentioned that you uh, was traveling to us and china back home 
for your work. Would you say you need you had to adapt a lot in every time going to another country? Or with time, it's a, it's a skill. How would you see that? You do have to adapt. If you don't adapt, then the world is adapting every day, isn't it? And, and people need to adapt and change and be flexible and agile to the, the environment around them. So naturally, you, you turn up in America and, and, and China and, and Spain and France, Germany, all these places I've worked. And, and you, you do have to adapt. You have to have an understanding. You have to you know, listen and, and look and learn and, and you know, go with the flow to an extent uh, and understand the, the lay of the land. So, yes, it's it's an essential part of navigating living and working in different environments is, is the ability to adapt. If you can't, then it's going to be a very uncomfortable situation. I think that's that's the, the key to, to, to everybody, everybody's enjoyment and fun. When you go somewhere else, you have to be open and willing to adapt. Yeah. You mentioned that you have a big family. Mm. Are they still all there or they, as you, somebody also travel somewhere and live somewhere else? I've got two brothers, two sisters. And one of them, my sister, she, my older sister, she lives in Germany. Very proud of her. She's a conductor in, in, in an opera house. She She's a pianist, a cellist, and wow. she's a wonderful talent. She lives up the road, just basically four four hours away. So we, before the pandemic, at least, we got to see each other relatively frequently. So that that's been really helpful to make me feel a little bit you know, closer to my family. And the rest of them are all um, in South Wales and um, in in England. Was it hard for you? Because I assume having a big family, you always have a support. You always as a child, also have someone to play or have a partner in crime. So now being quite far away from them. Yeah. As time has gone on since we've been in Switzerland, we've been in Switzerland now, yeah, it's about 10 years. And as time has gone on, it's it's changed, Mash. You know, to begin with, I used to go home, you know, almost every weekend, see my friends, see my family, go back to my house that I had there. What actually happened was I was on a I was on a contract of employment helping out on another project, as was my you know working pattern and working going from place to place where the work was. My wife and I wanted to have children, and it was abundantly clear that it was going to be pretty difficult if I wasn't around a lot. And so we decided that we would take on a, a full-time job here. And, and that really was the trigger for the change. We you know got a, an apartment in town. And we sort of, I, I took on a full-time job and became an employee. And then after a couple of years of, of seeing how it went in the company, what kind of a company was, this suit me to the work, suit me to the, to the life in Basel, suit me and, and, and MASH. And we just really liked it. There's an international uh, flavor to Basel, which I think is quite unique. And you're in close proximity to so many interesting you know areas i mean you're next to france next to germany and and a couple of hours from some of the most wonderful scenery in the world you know the 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 swiss alps we really loved it here and the more that we stayed the more we worked masha then got a job down at roche and we just really enjoyed ourselves and i was still going back home relatively frequently later on when the children arrived of course you become less and less 
uh, mobile. mobile right you know yourself yeah. you're hardly mobile enough to go to the hairdressers let alone fly <laughs> it's back a big logistics to go to the hairdresser involved yeah that would be my another question to see the perspective from a man who in many cultures need to take responsibility for family and make mm. it stable and mm. make it possible mm. also with kids and everything So I think it's also can be tough to decide to go to another country, to decide where you stay and make the roots. So I would really like to hear your opinion on that. It's an interesting one, this, because, of course, it's very natural for any man or woman to want their children to grow up in some way like them, whatever that means, like them, talking the same language, uh, laughing about the same sort of things, behaving in the same sort of way having fun together but actually as you stay here in a foreign country longer you realize all of these things are common you know everybody likes to have these things like having fun and laughing and going out and there are many things that you know which are common between whether you're swiss british chinese whatever it is and this worried me for a while being you know bringing up my children in a, a foreign environment but the more I talked to people about it there were people in work and, and friends here that I had linked up to who were, who were further than me on this curve and had gone through it and I just listened to them I asked them what were their experiences of the reality versus the per- perception of what was going to happen and yeah. how you were going to feel And basically, they said that the children had just been enriched by this multicultural experience. They could speak multiple languages fluently. They were, you know, the children were fully integrated in, in into Swiss life and being internationally minded. It, it just, as, as time has gone on, it's appealed to me more and more that my children will grow up not only speaking one language, but speaking three or four. And, and all we have to do to facilitate that is, is just stay here physically in, in Switzerland. And, and that will just naturally happen. And, and, and the problem really is more with me. You know, how do I adapt and how do I adjust to the fact that I don't understand the thing, <laughs> what they say when they're out in the street with their buddies? And, and it's more about me than it is about them. It's it's an enriching experience for them. Aside from the children having a, a home here and interacting with the society, the neighbours, the community, whether it's the Gemeinde, the police, the yeah. whatever it is, you know, the, the authorities, that has been a challenge. I'm a typical Brit. I'm not very good at languages. I speak a tiny bit of Italian. A, a smattering of French, an embarrassment of Russian. <laughs> and, wow. And, but I, I can't I can't really have a conversation with anyone beyond mm-hmm. English. And it's a bit of an obstacle for me. That's where the friction is about living here. And it's just about me, Mash, you know, about when I, I stop being overly British and start trying to integrate from a language perspective I, i never thought that i would stay it's like like a black hole switzerland right you just get sucked deeper and deeper in and it's not an unpleasant experience you know it's so yeah. smooth that you don't notice it and the speed at which it happens is, is phenomenal you know I, i just have never got around to actually learning german 
um because i've been so busy at work and if i'm not busy at work i'm busy with the family and yeah. i spend my time doing other things or relaxing you know going snowboarding whatever it will be and i just never everyone likes talking english to me because i because my native language and they learn a, a, a little bit from time to time and and, and therefore i just never it's never been a, a necessity yeah i think you were just not put in that situation when it will be survival skill yeah I mean, if you would really put somewhere when no one speaks any language, like any language except local, and then you wouldn't ha just have to. Otherwise, it's not the very needed. Exactly. Skill. It's never been a necessity. Work yeah. is all in English. I come home and watch the BBC with mm -hmm. <laughs> my friends and I talk to my international kind of colleagues and friends here, play tennis with them and, and go snowboarding and whatever I do it's always in that you know common global language of english and i, I i'm blessed that i'm somehow at an advantage because i've been practicing it for for so long and i'm right from the start it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's assembled it's in the set except the language do you have also worries that your kids will not be the same volume culture english as you are because they won't It's a, in the way you are now, it's a triangle of culture, right? Yeah. You have one culture, your wife has another, and you live in the third. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to put the yeah. same volume of, of culture background that you had. Yeah. You know, I used to see it that it would be a disadvantage, as you said, and now I see it as an advantage. And then when they get to the age of whatever, be 18, they finish school, they can decide where they want to go. They can decide if they want to go off to, to Russia to university or, or they want to stay in Switzerland or they want to go to, to Edinburgh or, or, or Cardiff or anywhere. You know, please, God, provide them this choice. That's what yeah. we do through this this life that we're leading here. There will be disadvantages because they'll be away from grandma, granddad, cousins and uncles and, and, and the whole gang. We'll try to do, you know, look after those relationships as much as we can and foster and nurture them and, 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 and a love within the family. They, they will know that and they will know other things. Um, yeah. and, and they will they will not be able to have those, those other things if we were close to the family but we would you know we'd miss out we do miss out on 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 other things because we're not at home um but i i'm i'm at peace with that now i'm getting more and more at peace with it as i see the the reality of the situation unfold and how lovely the people are here um, they go to to keto with and their friends and you know the neighbors it's you know the society here is is um it feels very safe It feels um, mature. Uh, we, we really like it here. Yeah. We really settled in. Um, it's a bit funny that you mentioned that Switzerland is like a black hole because I hear many people, they are like, oh, we just for one year, maximum two years contract, and then we move somewhere else. And then they, they just like in coma in, in, in eight, ten years, they're still there. Yeah. 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 That's exactly how it's been for us. It, Basically, Masha, there's been no reason yet to leave. And therefore, we haven't left. You know, we're enjoying ourselves so much. The, the fresh air, the peace. You know, this Sunday, quiet nice, quiet time, rather, quiet time. It, it's fantastic. You know, in the UK, people are building walls. Your next door neighbor's smashing his house up and throttling his car. And, and yeah. in Switzerland, you have Sunday, which the, 
the shops are it's shut sacred. and is it's sacred. yeah it, it you know at first it, it freaked us out you know we couldn't do the washing and, and the neighbors told us off for hanging the washing out in the back garden but i've got used to it and i really like that piece and and sunday is a day where we spend together as a family and seeing friends and going places instead of going shopping and, and you know having things imposed on you because this is open and that's that's open and yeah I, I like that rest day yeah would you say you would do something different when you just moved to Switzerland in terms of feeling more comfortable faster with, with hindsight's a, a, an amazing thing isn't it and we're all geniuses when when we, we talk about hindsight yeah I would have learned German I would have spent more time. I would have insisted with my employer that he gave me time to actually focus on job. It was up to me. It was always up to me. Yeah. Right? It was always up to me. But looking at the situation now, um, I think I would have benefited and enjoyed my years of the past even more than I have done if I would now be able to have a proper meaningful conversation or, or you know, at least more fun with my neighbors and people who don't speak English and yeah. the elderly here, some of them, some of them don't speak English. So I, I muddle by with a, you know, a good morning and a, an afternoon and hello, how's the weather sort of thing that I think would have opened more doors for me and, and allowed me to express, be more of my full self and enjoy myself more. And that, that would be one thing that Luke of, of 10 years ago, I, I, I would have, I would have done something differently. Yeah. That reminds me of the saying my coach told me. There is a good question. You question yourself, what is the best time to plant an apple tree if you, I would like to have apples now? One moment is 10 years ago and the second moment is now. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I've just never got around to it. Is I'm always just so busy with work and other things. I've just never... And as you said earlier, there's never been, you know, an imperative, a necessity. Um, and I've always got by in, on my normal day-to-day -day life quite happily and without putting the effort in. That's how it's, it's played out. You know, if suddenly I got made redundant or something catastrophic happened, I had, you know, so much time on my hands and maybe that wouldn't be catastrophic <laughs> if I had more time on my hands. It would be a wonderful thing. That would be one of the first things I would do, Mash. Okay. I would yeah. go, instead of going to work, I would go and learn German. Yeah. I would go and learn Swiss German and and the local, uh, and, and the Hochdeutsch. That's what I would do. That would be the first thing I would do. And then I would get a, a boating license, see if I could navigate my way around via Falstead to say, yeah. and, and I'd love to do that. And I think Sounds maybe huge. two things are connected. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you have a sailing boat courses in German, then you can <laughs> hit yeah. two rabbits. Right, exactly. That's exactly what's probably going to happen. Yeah, that would be that. Uh, and take the trainer who doesn't speak English. Like I think um, it's a bit reminds me of my experience. I went a long time ago for volunteering in France, knowing three words in French, and I was somewhere near Marseille on the farm in July when it was 37 and sun burning. So we were just having breakfast and then going into fields to plant or whatever, something. So in a month, I returned completely black with muscles like I was, I don't know, outdoor camping, you know, like this boot camp <laughs> professional stuff. And I couldn't stop helping my mom in God. And she was like, do you feel yourself? Okay. 
I'm like, I just can't stop working on, on the, in the fields on the ground. It just was such a habit in a month. But yeah, I, I could tell that I want to eat, sleep or something. <laughs> That's it. That was my, and otherwise hands and feet helped. I think this physical labor, it released your head. It was really good exercise after working in big corporate world. Yeah. Talking about home, because you mentioned several times, like being home and bringing home for your kids. What is home for you? At home is a place where I feel safe and where there's a lot of love and, and interest. And I feel that I've got two homes. One is my home in, in Wales, which is, you know, I, I feel patriotic about being British. And my, my the people who, who I associate with, who I feel I'm one of. And it's also here. It's in our house that we live in. We bought a house here seven years ago and, and um, it's been wonderful. And we, we feel very comfortable and safe at home and, and we have a lot of fun and my two little boys running around, a couple of nutters, and it's just such a good giggle at home. And I just love it here, you know? So I love my home where I live and I love my home where I'm from. And wherever I I am physically, I, I feel comfortable in both places. Yeah. Do you think it's outer thing or more inner thing? The, the outdoors part is It's both mash. I mean, the outdoors part in Switzerland is wonderful. I just love the mountains. I, I, I love the the sense of openness. I love the weather. I mean, in Wales, <laughs> I love Wales. But honestly, when you get from October through to sort of May, it's pretty grim. You know, it's, it's rainy and grey. And, and we do have some lovely days and, and the scenery is spectacular. But in, in Basel, invariably, the weather is, is dry and bright. And it has a, quite an effect on your mood. I, I really benefit from that. Uh, I, I do like the warm weather and, and the dry air. In Wales, the, the air is quite damp. We're very close to the sea. You know, I, I'm asthmatic. And um, it's basically asthma has not been so severe since I've been in Switzerland. It's, it's been wonderful here. The, the, my level of fitness has, has been great. And um So the outdoor part is, you know, how much I love the, the fresh air here in Switzerland is wonderful. But I miss the familiar you know, rolling green grass and hills of, of South Wales and the beautiful rivers we've got and the seaside I miss. I miss yeah. going to the sea. There's pros and cons on, on both sides. That's the outside bit and the, the inside bit. I feel more a complete me when I'm physically resident on the British Isles there's something that gets you know, illuminated and, and when when I, I physically land and a big smile that comes across my face when I get back and, and maybe that's a bit because of the pandemic we haven't been home for almost yeah. part of two years and it's been tough I think you know that the full me comes out when I'm I'm back in in the UK but um, coming back to Switzerland just also feels very natural now yeah Oh, it's a bit sad topic in the end with all these restrictions <laughs> and not traveling. It'll right? be over soon. It'll be yeah, over soon. We hope. Thank you for the very nice discussion and sharing your experience. That was really nice. And I wish all of us could travel soon to their families and to their friends and homes, whatever they are. Thank you very much, Luke.
for today. Thanks a lot, Marsh. Always lovely to talk to you. Thank you guys for listening to us. It was Inside the Tribe and we hear us in a week. Bye.